Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Corey. With me, lead pastor of Hill City Church, Shanik Bannett. What's up? Let's get it. And we are so thankful for you, the listener, tuning in, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Again, if you do that, we have five left and we'll be giving away another giveaway. Right. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, yeah, please leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. For sure. This week's question of the week comes from Kelly. She asks, what's one of our weirdest quirks? So at first I had to think about what mine could possibly be, but I reached out to my wife, Melanie, of course, who knows my quirks better than her. And instantly she said something and both of us like died laughing because it is for sure a quirk of mine. So I have to clear my throat a lot. All I just do. Like you should time. see me when I clear my throat in this podcast room. Like I'm leaning over away from the mic. Corey's making he looks fun like a, of me. He looks like a turtle being birthed <laughs> into the world. His neck gets real long. Yeah. So my quirk is I answer the phone, but before I say hello, I clear my throat and then say hello. And she died laughed and said like, man, why don't you just clear your throat? Then answer and just say hello. Like people don't want to hear you clear your throat before you say something. I'm like, well, I do do that. And if you're a part of our church, you're going to recognize him clearing his throat all the time when he preaches. It's just something you do all the time. I don't know why. I just, my, I don't know. My sinuses drain nonstop. <laughs> it just is what it is. And nonstop. yes, make fun of me. I don't give a frick. I do make fun of you a lot for it. My biggest quirk is, man, I have a lot. Cody says I, he makes fun of me because of the way I scratch my beard. That's not that good of a quirk. I, my college roommates will want me to share this with you guys is I make whale noises all the time. And it sounds a little bit like this. You ready? If your if your volume's up, you might want to turn it down. It sounds like this. Is that a whale or a dolphin? Who knows what it is? I just did it all the time in college and people called it the whale noise. And gotcha. uh, yeah, my most embarrassing quirk, and it's something I do on a regular basis. I, was, I wasn't sure if I was going to share this or not because people might judge me and view me very but it's your quirk. We got to answer honestly. This is the quirk I do on a daily basis. Again, I don't know why I do and this. We all called it out. Yeah, everybody calls it out. Even my wife. She makes fun of me the most. I spank myself a lot, all the time, and really loud. Yeah. And when Corey says he spanks himself, like literally, he smacks his ass like hard. Should I give him an example? I mean, I don't. <laughs> right into the mic. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> he just did that in the room. <laughs> And he does People do like, that. What are these guys oh talking about? I don't today. even know. I We're, will say one more. Like, dude, you have a lot of quirks. I'm just I saying. Have so many quirks. Like, especially now your hair's growing out. Like, you do this little hair head I toss. Flipped, I flipped the hair because it's there. Yeah, that song, I whip my head. I can't even <laughs> sing it. <laughs> Lizzo, bro, come on. Okay. Okay, look yeah. at you. Hey, Rocking I, it with the Gen Zers. Yeah, hey, I know a little bit. So what are we talking about today? Yeah, man, honestly. We're in a good mood. We are why, in a good Why mood. are we in a good mood? Well, I just think we've just been in this season of just dealing with so much funk that we're just ready to, right, get the funk out. Mm, I like get it. Get it out. Get the funk out. So we just want to talk about that. We want to talk about like our experiences over the last few few months, um, ministry frustrations, frustrations in life, and kind of how we're handling it and how we're dealing with it and processing it. And I think this will be valuable for the people that do listen that, you know, as they hear us talk about frustrations and how we're processing, hopefully they're able to process some frustrations in their own life. And maybe they have similar frustrations. And if it's not ministry related, it's just people related, right? Because mm -hmm. that's all ministry is. It's dealing with people. And so, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. So today we got to, to work and you did 
you actually challenged us as a staff and you took us through this little thing. Why don't you explain a little bit what you mean by get the funk out and how right. that get even the funk out. So today. think about it in your home after you've been cooped up all winter, right? There's a nice day, sun's out, right? It's breezy. What do you do? You open the windows, right? Let some fresh air in, get all mm -hmm. that stuffiness out. And that on top of, I actually just bought a new vehicle. I did get a Jeep Gladiator, which I was able to take the roof off day one and just driving around with just the wind, just whipping in my hair and all that. And Corey's dying <laughs> laughing at me right now. But for real, like just, just this idea of getting the funk out and getting some fresh air in. Um, I came into work today and I said, you know what, for staff meeting today, I'm going to sign everybody a door that leads to the outside. I'm going to have them prop it open. We're going to let some fresh air in and we're going to get the funk out. And I put on worship music and our staff worshiped. We prayed together. We had different, different words to encourage one another in the season that we're in. And I just kept going back to Romans 12. And it talks about how like we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And I just feel like we're in this stage where, man, we're in this renewal process. And and sometimes it's difficult to deal with negativity and the situations that arise with people, whether it's family, whether it's church, whether it's coworkers, whatever. And I just felt like, man, we just need to renew our mind back where, where our focus is on Jesus. Because ultimately, whether in church ministry or in just in life, like our goal as people who follow Jesus is to keep him at the center of everything we do, to keep our focus on him. And I feel like sometimes the negativity and just that funk weighs us down and we get distracted very easily. And so, yeah, so man, get the funk out. That's what I did today. Yeah. It actually was super helpful for me. So a little backstory. Last week we talked about dealing with criticism. And the reason why we talked about that is because that was fresh on mm -hmm. our hearts and minds. The last couple of months, like you said, uh, leading this place and being in church ministry, you get the good, the bad, and the ugly. And people's words hurt. And uh, what's going on in our country has played an effect with this pandemic, with the whole racial stuff that yeah. just blew up yeah. immediately. It's yeah, always been, it's issues. always been the political issues. Like there's just been so many opinions and so many frustrations. And then you, you deal with leading an organization of uh, church ministry where you're dealing with people who have high highs and low lows. And I hate using the word balance because I don't, I don't believe that we're called to balance our lives. I love the idea of like when you look at the way that music flows, there's different rhythms and different beats, and there are just different rhythms of life that you walk in. Sometimes the rhythm is super low and you have to deal with that. Sometimes they're super high and, and you get to celebrate that. But we've been walking through a, a rhythm over the last several months where we've been hurt by different people that were close to us. We've been hurt by criticism from people that we don't know. We've been hurt from how people respond and react to the cultural issues of our day today. And then it, it seems like it's taken out on us because we're spiritual leaders to a degree. And so I know for me, like what you did this morning as a staff would get the funk out. It, it was just a great reminder for me because yeah, I feel like we've been in the ditch for a while and, and we're going to no. talk a little bit about this. We're just yeah. going to be open. And if it helps you amazing, maybe you'll, you'll recognize that that pastors are real people too. And we have a lot of hurt feelings too. And sometimes we can be over emotional too. And sometimes we allow the criticism of other people affect us more than what Jesus says about us. And that's just real life. 
for yeah, us. Absolutely. And I really needed what I did today as well, because I have been in a little bit of a funk and not just from the hurt and things like that, but there is this weight that I carry um, that I think sometimes can be healthy, but also the weight that I carry to lead this place, you know, and, and what I'm doing to set the next generation up for success. There is a weight of that. And I was reminded of an ad that I think it was 2013. We, again, we're mm-hmm. just going to keep up, keep bringing up Aruba for some reason, but it 2013 Aruba, trip. there was an ad on the airplane on the way down. It was a, a watch ad and the watch company is Patek Philippe. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, you said it a couple episodes ago. Oh, did I? Okay, mm-hmm. cool. So, um, yeah, very high end watch company, like think Rolex, maybe even more expensive than that. A rich man's Rolex. Right. So, so yeah, so in the ad, it said, you never own a Patek Philippe. You merely look after it for the next generation. And what I've been sitting in with, with just this pandemic and the, the criticism and some people leaving, and, and I've, I've been feeling the weight of this, like, man, am I stewarding what I've been given well? Because I feel like the generation before me and my dad and, and those founding families that, that, that created Hill City to be what it is, like I was past this incredible gift in leadership and I know I have a calling for it. I know I've been groomed for it and, and, and I love being a part of it and I love doing what I do in pastoring this place. That There is so many blessings that come from pastoring, but there's also like this weight and I'm just going to be honest, like it, it, it was crushing me a little bit thinking, man, is this place going to die with me? Mm. Am I not looking after it well? for the next generation. And so I've been sitting in that. And again, at the end of the day, I was like, wait, I, no, get the funk out. Like that is just negativity. That that's the enemy that that's whatever we want to call it. It's a, just a distraction from no, all I'm really called to do is follow Jesus, right? Love God. And I'm supposed to love people. And at the end of the day, if I'm doing those two things, well, then, then I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing mm-hmm. and, and really right. Jesus builds the church. And so I got to, I got to put my trust in that just a little bit more. So it was just good for me. Yeah. Today to do what I did. Yeah. Because we can say that Jesus builds the church and we all agree with that. But at the end of the day, as leaders of a church organization, you, you hate to see people leave and yep. you hate to see feelings hurt and you hate, cause we can't connect with everybody, even though our church isn't huge. And so people are looking for connection and we can't always meet expectations. And even the people that we do have relationships with, we can't always meet expectations. And then there's this whole piece of like, we're on a journey too in our walks with, with God. Yeah. And so sometimes we share some things from the platform with, you know, maybe, maybe it was premature in the way it was shared, or maybe we didn't get to go in depth into what we believe about that specific topic, but people get their feelings hurt. So what, what's a good word? Like just easily yeah. it tends to be. And then they take it all out on us because as leaders of a church, it's almost like they have nobody else to take it out on. So they just take it out on us. And they focus on minor issues or issues that really ultimately they've just been institutionalized with and they think it's doctrine. And so they'll throw away a relationship they do have over bullcrap. Right. The things that might be the most important, like people like, okay, I'll check that box. They check the box. We're good with all those areas. But, oh, man, there's this one area. This is how I view it. And they view it differently or whatever the case may be. And why can't we have conversations about it? Why yeah. can't, 
you know, there be disagreements and, and we still are family and are still loving one another because at the end of the day, I feel like that's all that really matters. And yeah. that's what I brought up a couple of weeks ago when I was even preaching on this family aspect that we are a family and within a family, there's going to be right friction. There's going to be all these things that, 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 uh, want to make us like divide maybe, but mm-hmm. we got to overcome that. Yeah. And, and stay connected. Yeah. So for me, honestly speaking, like over the last year, I've hated church ministry fully. I've hated it. Didn't want to be in it. But then I'm like, what else am I going to do? And at the same time, it's like, I knew what some things, what some seasons were going to have for me being in ministry. And I committed to this. And so I'm going to keep going, even though I want to give up all the time on a regular basis. But most of the times I want to give up is because of what you just said about people like learning something that might be new for them or just heard different and then wanting to divide. And and one of those issues is this issue on sin. And and I'm just going to bring it up and talk about it. Maybe if you weren't here on this past Sunday, I talked a little bit about it in in the sermon. Yeah, let's talk about it. But so many people, well, I I say so many people, we've had conversations with a couple people. Uh, Some have left the church, some have stayed and, and just wanted our opinions on it. But because we don't have a message that focuses on sin, and that, I love the conversation, but when people leave over that issue, it makes me so sad because you do not have a sin issue. What you have is a belief issue because Jesus took care of the sin issue on the cross. Yes, do you still sin? Sure. But every sin that you commit is because of a lie that you believe. And so we will never be a church that gets up here and starts, you know, yelling at people to deal with their sin stuff. Or, hey, right. give your to sins do this, to— don't do that. Yeah, give your sins to Jesus. Jesus doesn't want your sins. He took them once and it killed him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he wants you. And so when you hear about, you know, oh, the, this church talks about sin, and I love that because it likes to beat you up or whatever whatever weird religious thing you go through by hearing a message on sin, which personally you internalize that not for you anyways. You, you're, you're thinking about other people that need to hear this message, not right. you. Right. So— but it doesn't help you with your sin when you focus on sin. In fact, it just, I said this on stage, it helps you wear your mask better because then it's not a safe place for you to talk about sin because you have to act like your your life's put together. You have right. to act like you don't struggle with stuff. And so then it just becomes a breeding ground for sin because you can't actually deal with it. And so we say, why would we want to focus on sin when one Jesus took care of it? But I don't want you to become sin conscious. I want you to become savior conscious because when your focus is on Jesus, it does change everything. We're not saying, oh, go and do whatever the freak you want to do and go sin. Right. When you, th- that's not what we're saying because we teach on responsibility. We teach on the fact that, yeah, if you're going to sin, you, you, episode one, you have permission to sin. We said that. Right. You're just going to reap consequences from your life that you could avoid if you had a little bit of discipline or a little bit of thought process. So yeah. our message is, hey, we're going to remind you of who your champion is, Jesus. We're going to mi- remind you of who you are because you're a son, and that's yeah. a permanent. And that's the biggest piece for me. Yeah. And that's what I want people to walk away each and every single week with a better understanding of not only who Jesus is, but who Jesus is in them, like their identity, right? Because we say we don't have a sin issue, but we do have an identity crisis. Mm-hmm. And the fact the fact is, and this is maybe just our view of it, because maybe people are right. We're not going to talk on sin. Yeah. We're not going to focus on that. And so if that's what you want, we're not going to be that place for you. Because we would rather focus on, again, what you just said, the Savior in people. We'd rather talk to people and speak to people of their true identity as sons and daughters of God because we believe that as people understand their sonship and their identity right, better, we believe that that actually 
helps people to say no to sin easier, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, it's the grace of God who that empowers us to say no to it. And so people freak out about it so many, so many times that we share things and, and, and when we open up about it, but really if they heard the heart behind it and really grasp why we do what we do and why the messages are constructed in the way they are, like, I feel like most people would align with it, but there are those people that just don't. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. And it's okay, but it still hurts. Yeah. And so we've been sitting in this tension, honestly, during the pandemic. So there was two personal challenges that I really adopted as you clear your throat again yeah. for the seventh time. Two things that I really wanted to adopt during the pandemic was one was going slower with life and removing the word busy from my vocabulary. Like when people say, how's life? I'll never respond. I'm busy anymore. I'm trying to respond as I'm slow because it engages the conversation because that's not a word you hear all the time, but really just enjoying the slow pace of life. But secondly, the thing I've been challenging myself is to allow myself to sit in the discomfort. So when the race stuff came up, I really like dove in head first. Okay. Like it is a privilege for me to not experience racism, but learn about it. That That's a big privilege. And that's what people meant by white pr- privilege. And then white people had a big upset yeah, issue about, about issue about it. But I wanted to sit with that discomfort and learn about it outside of my own bias and upbringing. So sitting in that discomfort, I wanted to sit in the discomfort of the political polls on both sides, because both sides were they're ultimately saying the same thing just in different ways. If you actually read the fine print on some of these things that people disagree about. And I, I do understand that there's like some major issues. I get that. But I was trying to sit in that uncomfortable tension and educate myself. It, the same is true with like the criticism that we receive as, as church leaders, just sitting in that discomfort. But I've been sitting in that discomfort for so long now that, yeah, it was making me want to just say F it to everybody yeah. and and leave. Yeah. Just give up because it's like, we, I put myself out there in blogs and yeah, some people criticize it. You put yourself out there and trying to help people believe that they matter, focusing on a savior conscious message, not a sin conscious message. Like we, we want to believe the best about you. We want to help encourage you that you don't have to just survive in life. Like that is our goal as leaders. And you still get criticized for having a positive message. Right. And so it's just like, screw it. What, what do I do this for? I don't, I don't need it. I don't need this bull crap in my life. And just sitting in that tension and swallowing my pride because at the end of the day, when people leave churches, yes, it hurts. But I, I refuse to believe that, that people are walking away from their faith because of Jesus. I think that people are walking away from their faith because of institutions who are unloving and judgmental, who aren't open in their thinking who are critical with their or aren't critical with their beliefs and are dogmatic in what they believe to be true. And so people aren't leaving the church in the sense of they're not leaving Jesus. They're leaving the church that's been indoctrinated, indoctrinated to just beat people up. And right. and the church should be the safest place for people. But as a leader, it's often not the case. And that is heartbreaking for me. Right. And as you were talking, one thing I was just thinking of the other week I actually um, well, someone said something about me and I didn't know how to take it at first, but honestly, I, as I processed through it, it became like one of the greatest comments that or compliments that I've ever received recently. And they said, you know, you're, you're naive almost to a fault hmm. because I do only want to think the best about people. I do, <laughs> you know, want to believe that, that people, all people matter. 
And regardless of their issues, regardless of what they're doing, like I, I am someone who just sees the best in someone, but someone said, man, you're just naive to a fault. And I was thinking, well, good. Mm-hmm. Maybe we all should be, we should maybe give people the benefit of the doubt. Maybe even if people are doing something we don't agree with, we can still find the good in them. We can still find the gift in them and, and really start focusing on that and calling that forth. Maybe our relationships would be better if we, if we call that stuff out instead of calling out the faults. Yeah. So I'll take it. I, I, I can be nice. Dude, you are, you are, you are one of the most graceful and loving people I know. That's why I consider you one of my best friends. Uh, I take a bullet for you because the guy that you are on stage is the guy that you get behind the, the doors and you are the first to serve first to, uh, admit when you're wrong. And so when people have a problem with this place or with you, like I get, I get offended because I know who you are and I just wish people got a glimpse of that. Yeah. And it's all good. And I didn't say that to get the compliments. But I, know. I appreciate that too. You know, I, I'm, I'm an affirmation guy. So thanks I know. for that. I love you, but bro. at the same time, you know, yeah, we, we, we are sitting in it, but you can't sit in it forever. You can't sit in you, it You got to take what it is and you got to do something. And you have to get the funk out. Get That's why this out. morning was so like monumental <laughs> for me because it really helped me refocus on the thing that's important, Jesus. It helped me remind myself, okay, there's, you know, it's a cliche line and you hear it in church culture all the time. But if, if people leave your life, it's because God knows that, that you didn't need them for this season of life. And I don't know how I feel about that in and of itself, but it does give some perspective on, okay, yeah, maybe this is a pruning season and God's getting ready to do some incredible work. And the people that love this place and love Jesus and prove it with their lifestyle. In fact, uh, Mikey Williams put out this post on Facebook, uh, Dierk's wife, and I thought it was awesome. She said, uh, many millennials resent church because their parents were good at church, but not good at life. They struggle attending a place that consumed their parents' time, but never transformed their private life. Mm. And I love that because yeah, at the end amazing. of the day, you can pre- we can preach people's faces off. And I feel like we do. Like, that's why we care so much about this place is because what you see on a Sunday morning, like you get everything from us, all, all of it. You get all of our knowledge, our study, our passion, our desire for you to know Jesus as a loving God, because that's who he is. Right. And so if my life, that's why I always te- te- uh, talk to my wife on a regular basis. Hey, like, am I living what I preach? And she'll be the first one to tell you like, yeah, you are the man, the man that you get on stage is the man that's behind the door, loving me and loving our kids. And I pride myself on that because at the end of the day, if you go to church and it doesn't change your life for the other 167 hours of the week or whatever it is, like, what's the point? Because it's not about your attendance. It's not about this checklist mentality. Like Jesus should change your life for the better. And are you just playing this game because you think it's what you need to do or because you're scared of going to some afterlife destination? Like then you need to figure out who Jesus is because you don't know him. Yeah, if you have all the same beliefs today that you had five years ago or even 10 years ago and you haven't grown at all, then you need to evaluate that. And yeah. if we're preaching the same messages, you know, that that we preached 10 years ago without any changes at all, we need to evaluate that. Like, you know, there's always this growth, right? The spirit of truth guides us into all truth. And so there's more truth and more understanding that we continually get. But one last thing I want to say is, and if, you're stayed, if you stayed this long and listened this long with us, I appreciate that. And maybe... If you're in a season of frustration right now with family, with people, with coworkers, with classmates, whatever it is, like you need to ask yourself, like, 
you, it's well, first it's okay to sit in that pain and frustration for a little bit. Mm -hmm. It really is because it's in those times where we process through, okay, is anything that they're saying right back to last week in the criticism is anything that they're saying true or things that we can learn from? Because if so, we need to learn those things and we need to own up and we need to right? because we all have blind spots. Maybe mm -hmm. we need to be called out in some areas so we can evaluate and learn from maybe what we're doing. So we sit in that and then also get other people involved. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, like I've reached out to you, Corey, or, or every day I'm calling Wayne just to talk through life and what, what we're dealing with, but having those people that we can process through all of what we're thinking, like it's, it's so like invaluable, like it is mm -hmm. like been the best thing for me. And I think in my healing and growth over the last, especially year, two years has been the people that I know have had my back and I know will, will, will tell me what I need to hear in the truth sometimes, but also to love me no matter what, and no matter where I'm at. And so having those people in your corner are man, so valuable. So you need to, you need to get that. So it's yeah. okay to sit into it, but don't stay there. Yeah. I love that you use the word process because honestly, this podcast today was less of like a lesson for you guys. You guys literally just heard our process because we're on the upside of, of coming out of our funk, spiritual funk, so to speak. And we're just processing through with, we just recorded it for you so that you recognize that we're human too. And we're in process too. And we're still fluctuating in some of our beliefs and we're still trying to challenge ourselves to be better pastors and better leaders and better husbands and better dads. All of it. And so, yeah, we just thank you for listening for real. And hopefully something that was said today was impactful. I'm ready to go for a ride in your brand new Jeep. <laughs> let's let my, my hair flow in the wind. Yeah, let's do it. You ready? Remember, yeah, you're loved. There's nothing you can do about it.